Welcome to Offline Thoughts, where I talk about online personalities, cultural events, and popular movements. I'm really glad that you're listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. When I think of P. Diddy and Cassie, I think about them the way most people think of them. You know, I think of them as hip-hop royalty. I think of them as a Hollywood power couple. I think of them you know, the way we are used to seeing them or were used to seeing them, where they were always photographed arm in arm, hand in hand, smiling, dressed glamorously and attending some of the best, some of the best shows there is, some of the best award ceremonies there are. So I think it was a surprise to most people when Cassie came out on the 16th of November, 2023, and alleged that In the 10 years plus that they had been together, that time had been marked by sexual abuse and exploitation going back pretty much from the time they were initially together. Now, when a woman comes out and alleges that a powerful man like P. Diddy has committed these acts of violence against her and exploited her in these ways, there is usually a segment of society that questions the account of the woman, that calls into question her credibility and sadly we see that it's no different in Cassie's case so when you go onto social media platforms or you read the comments under news articles you'll find a pretty common thread that goes something like Cassie probably was initially attracted to P. Diddy because of his money and his power specifically his power in the music industry and that Cassie being an up-and-coming singer hoped that that P. Diddy's money and P. Diddy's connections would be able to be beneficial to her in some way in advancing her career and that she probably was willing to put up with a number of things in the hopes that that would help her career and that if it didn't help her career that she would at least be able to enjoy a lifestyle that she would otherwise have no access to. Now embedded in those narratives is the assumption that Cassie at 19 years old, at 20 years old, at 21 years old, was able to fully grasp what the offer on the table was, that she was able to understand the consequences to her actions, and that she was able to truly understand what a man like P. Diddy really wanted from a young woman like Cassie. In this podcast, I'd like to talk about sugar babying. I'd like to talk about the consequences of being a sugar baby. And I'd like to talk about and discuss what these men who engage in these kinds of relationships really want and how when all is said and done, there is never pure intent in their decision to choose specifically young women to be with. And that the kinds of things that they do with these men leaves lifetime scars and that there is a better way to making money than that. Now, the first step, in my view, is establishing that Cassie was indeed a sugar baby. And for me, the facts are pretty clear. She was 19 years old and he was 37 when they initially met. So I know that in the in the lawsuit, she said they they didn't become intimate until a year or so after the fact. But obviously, he was interested in her from the very beginning, sexually interested in her. So and that was when she was 19 years old. Now, with a 20-year age gap, there is literally nothing that they can have in common. They are not going to be intellectually compatible. They're not going to be experientially compatible. And they're not going to be emotionally compatible. Because a 19-year-old girl 
hasn't been given the chance to get to know herself. So when you're young, when you're a teenager, you're always operating under your guardians or 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 family's wishes. So they want you to dress a particular way. They want you to present a particular way. They want you to go to a specific school. They want you to pursue a specific career. And the mark of adulthood is being able to say no to those wishes and demands. And you really don't have the confidence and the capacity to stand up for yourself and to advocate for your own interests until you've built up that confidence. And that confidence comes from having real life experiences. It isn't until you go out, for example, into the world of work and you come across a boss that wants things from you that you don't want to give. Maybe they want you to work extra hours. So when you're young, you might say yes because you don't know how to say no. But as time goes by, because your peers are also doing the same thing, you'll see your peers saying no and you'll say and you'll think to yourself, oh, I can say no. Or you'll have the experience of dating somebody for a long time. So Adult love is obviously different from teenage love. When you're a teenager, there's very few responsibilities. Things like money and financial stability don't matter as much. But when you become an adult, you have those relationships where money does matter. Stability does matter. Faithfulness matters. And when you're 19 years old, you haven't had those character building and character shaping experiences. So when somebody who's 19 like Cassie enters a relationship with somebody like with somebody like P. Diddy, who at this stage has had 20 more years life experiences. He's had significantly more sexual experiences. He's had significantly more relationships. I'm pretty sure at this stage he's had children as well. And also he's been around a very tough industry, an industry that is tough to break into, an industry where you sometimes have to do difficult and let's say unsavory things to remain in. There is no way that somebody who is 19 can understand that and can match that, which means that when they are together, it's unlikely that what P. Diddy is getting from her is meaningful conversation, for example, or that she is his emotional pillar, that she is giving him emotional support. Because at 19 years old, you do not have that emotional maturity because, again, you haven't had the experiences that form emotional maturity. And I know usually men who seek to date young women often compliment those young women at their emotional maturity, but that is just grooming language. It's just not true. There are things you need you need to go through and there's time that has to pass for you to really be able to say you have that emotional maturity, which obviously makes P. Diddy pursuing teenage Cassie in, inherently inherently predatory because presumably he's looking at her at her and she's 19 years old and he likes the fact that she's young and he likes the fact that she's naive that she has no life experience that she's likely going to be emotionally and intellectually immature because don't forget somebody with p diddy's money with his power with his access is going to have literally his pick of women he can have relationships with women at the drop of a hat he can choose women who are his own age women who have similar life experiences women who will be able to be his intellectual equal who can offer him true companionship that is based on reciprocity and equality and the fact that he turns down all those women or doesn't choose those women to be his long-term girlfriends must mean that the thing that he is specifically looking for is women who are who are young women who he can get things from them because they are immature in all those various ways 
And also as a side note, men who choose young women to be with often don't hold women in general in high regard. So you'll often find that these men don't usually have close relationships with women. And when I say close relationships, I don't mean intimate relationships. I mean the kinds of relationships that you can describe as friendships, where there is general appreciation for the other person's humor, their intellect, their their platonic companionship, where you can go to them for counsel, for example, or advice, where you can go to them just to have a nice time, a platonic nice time. Usually men who who pursue young women and who seek to exploit women in general don't have relationships with women in this way. They often turn to their male counterparts for these kinds of companionships and these kinds of relationships. And the, yeah, the reason is pretty simple. The reason is you have to, to some extent, think low of the person you're seeking to exploit because you have to think that you are superior than them in some way. You have to think that you're intellectually superior than them to pull their strings and make them behave the way that you want. So you can't, in the, in the same breath, be seeking to exploit somebody but also have respect for them. They're literally mutually exclusive. So going back to Cassie, the logical conclusion can only be that he specifically chose her because he wanted to have sex with her. So when you've taken all the other components of relationships off the table, the emotional the emotional compatibility, the intellectual compatibility, the meaningful companionship, the, the respect component, literally all that's left on the table is sex. And given that he can get sex from any number of women who are his same age, and he can also have sex with them without necessarily committing to them because there are many women who are willing to sleep with powerful men as a one as a one off so it's not that he's see- that it's not that that he's specifically seeking he's not looking for one off sex he's not looking for sex in general he's not looking for sex with women his own age he's looking specifically to have sex with young women and the reason why you would choose a young woman to have sex with above women who for example have more experience and can could presumably be more matched to your needs shall we say is that you want to have sex with them in the kinds of ways that a woman who has experience who has maturity who has boundaries and has learned boundaries could never put up with and it's through this lens that we really need to assess whether Cassie's allegations are correct because when you look at it through this view then of course what she's saying is true because He specifically chose a young woman to be his long-term live-in girlfriend because he wanted to have a kind of relationship with her that probably a woman who is his financial equal, I forgot to mention as well, who is his financial equal, who is his peer, who he has respect for, who has the capacity to say no, would never allow. So when Cassie discusses the vile things that he made her do, the vile things he made her he made her do with other men while he recorded and watched and brought up to her later on as a form of psychological blackmail, it's not hard to believe because that has to be the only thing that's left on the table. And obviously, the reason why presumably she stayed for as long as she did is because as as the court documents say, he paid for everything in her life. He paid for her apartment. He paid for her cars. He paid for her holidays. He paid for her clothes. He paid for her lifestyle. And she was she was able or willing to put up with that level of control and that level of exploitation because that's what he was doing. Now, the only way to describe that kind of relationship, the kind of relationship where a woman trades sex for financial support and a support of her lifestyle is sure. Sugar babying, which is going back to the to the premise of the 
first point I made that we have to first establish that she was a sugar baby. So when we look back at their relationship and when you think back to the pictures that we were used to seeing of them at fancy award ceremonies and seeing them in the public eye in general, you start to see them in a different lens and you start to see that actually we weren't witnessing a true honest, genuine, typical relationship, what we're seeing was a sugar daddy with his sugar baby. And what other people remark is that when they look at old pictures of Cassie and you go from older pictures to later pictures of them, you see that as time went by, a little bit of her joy was chipped away. A little bit of her self-confidence was chipped away, where she went from speaking in I terms and expressing what she wanted to always looking to him to approve the things that she was going to say, that she, it almost felt like she had to perform adoration for the public for him, you know? It wasn't just a, because I would say most people aren't showing PDA all the time. Not, most people aren't always draped over their partner or always looking at their partner partners in loving ways in the public space. It felt a little bit forced and a little bit unnatural. And you would also always see that he held on to her in a way that was not just loving. It didn't feel loving. It felt possessive. And that's because she was a possession to him. That's because she literally had become a thing that he owned and a thing that he played with as he wished and put down as he as he wished as well. So beyond sort of taking in the salacious details of what Cassie detailed in her court documents what is there to learn from their relationship and what is there to learn from relationships like these in general what we see is that many young women are lured by sugar babying dynamics so they like Cassie see the money they see the lifestyle they see the proximity to power and they think that actually I can do that as well in Cassie's case, maybe she thought that P. Diddy would be able to help her with her career. After all, he had unparalleled access to other music labels, to artists, to producers, to to um, agents, to literally all the resources that you would need to make somebody a successful artist. And maybe the everyday woman, you know, obviously because not every sugar baby is with a millionaire. Maybe some of them are just like with average wealth or or lower wealth men. And in these circumstances, they too have aspirations that maybe the men will help them achieve financial stability or, or financial independence, or they'll help them with their careers, or they'll help them with their schooling. But the thing is, these men will never ever do that. And the, and the reason is very simple. They rely on the women being dependent on them so they rely on the women needing money from them because that's the source of their power so why would for example p diddy help cassie gain financial independence from him or help her have a successful music career that would give her that independence that would mean that she could say no to the things that he wanted from her that would mean that she could walk away at any given moment that would mean that she would have options and choice and agency so applying that to the average woman who also seeks to be in a sugar babying dynamic the men that she engages with are also not going to seek to liberate her of course not because as long as he has the money and she doesn't have the money she's going to dance to his tune she's going to acquiesce to the sexual demands that he places on her she's going to smile at him she's going to fulfill his wishes and that relationship only works because he has the money so the minute that dynamic that that dynamic changes so for example she has the same amount of money as him or more, or more money than him then 
the whole thing does not work anymore. So the reason why men like P. Diddy never actually help the women that they're with become financially independent, why they never truly contribute to making their careers great is because they literally rely on the women being in a state of disempowerment, in a state of not having enough money, in a state of always needing them. In Cassie's in Cassie's case, you know, it has to be said, some people could, could argue that maybe P. Diddy did try to help her, but because she wasn't a good singer, because, you know, she's not, that he wasn't really able to do much because there was a couple of things that he probably helped her get. But ultimately, if she didn't have enough talent, so for example, she doesn't have the lungs of a Beyonce or of a Mariah Carey, she's got a very meek voice. And if, when you listen to some of her live singing, she really doesn't sound that great. So people could say that it wasn't that he was being conniving or malicious so that he wanted to keep her under his thumb it was that she just didn't have the talent but I call I call I call bull on that because ultimately much less talented women have gotten to the top with the right resources so when you look at and shade incoming but when you look at somebody like Rihanna or when you look at somebody like JLo you cannot tell me that they are good singers because they're not good singers most people who hear them live think that you know, diehard fans, particularly of Rihanna, will always say that she has improved, but they can never bring themselves to say that she's a good singer. With J-Lo, obviously she has stolen the lyrics of, and the, and the sounds and the vocals of many black singers. So she's obviously not a good singer, but they have, they have attained fame because it's not just reliant on having talent or having a good voice. So if P. Diddy really wanted to make Cassie a, a, a megastar in the music field he probably had the resources to do so because again he has the connections he has access to other music labels he has access to recording studio time he has access to to other artists that could collaborate with her he's got access to the best technicians that could make her her voice sound good he's got access to the best marketing agencies where they could make her you know, seem great and sell her to far away audiences. So the fact that her career stalled, stagnated, and then died is a deliberate choice by him to not make her successful. Because again, as I said, less successful people, as long as they have looks, good looks, can still make it to the very top of the music industry. Now, hopefully you're still with me when I say that that their relationship was sugar babying and that sugar babying, as most people know, involves sex and money the man has money the woman gives the sex now the next leap from this is that you know sugar babying is prostitution by another name because the dynamic in which a woman exchanges sex for money you know in in gone in gone days would have just been referred to as as prostitution now it's called sex work but the concept is still the same the only difference is that being a sugar baby and Obviously, I'm guessing they don't call themselves sugar babies in their relationship to each other or refer to, or the man does not refer to himself as the sugar daddy. But that's that's essentially what's going on. It's prostitution. But it's just a very sanitized version of prostitution. It's a, it's a semi-sociable or semi-socially accepted form of prostitution. But it still is prostitution. And the reason why you can tell that it's it's prostitution or that the women who are involved believe that it's prostitution is because they are very coy often in discussing what's involved in their arrangement so they'll often be very quick to show you their lifestyle so they'll show you 
pictures of themselves in in bikinis sipping on champagne you know in you know charting beautiful waters or at beautiful holiday destinations they'll show you their handbags and their other luxurious items but when it comes to discussing what they have to do to get those items it's very coy language and an example of this is when you think back to the Playboy Bunnies and Hugh Hefner. So one thing I always notice about the Playboy Bunnies is that they were always really shy or coy about talking about the physical component of their relationship with Hugh Hefner. So they would often talk about, so even when you watch a show, if you know you're, you watch a show when it was on, you would see them at parties, you would see them, at, you know, at his side at events at various events they would show you everything about their lifestyle what they ate you know the parties they went to the, the events they went to the holidays they went on but when they were asked about their the intimacy part of their relationship bear in mind these are women who are happy to show everything so you know when you look at playboy magazine it's not as though it's a magazine that is demure it's a magazine in which the women take off all their clothes and are willing to show the whole world their bodies so it's not really a question of the reporters being invasive in their questioning because again the women are happy to disclose everything and display everything i think the reason why they were shy or reticent to discuss the physical part of their relationships is because there was a level of shame attached to it because there was a level of non-consent in the economic sense so obviously women can say yes i will have sex for money but that's not the same thing as true consent because true consent is having a multiple multiple options available to you and you're not forced to make a bad decision or a difficult decision or a decision or a decision that has high risks attached to it because of money and obviously that was not the case with the Playboy bunnies. You know, when you look into their histories, many of them come from poor families. So it's not as though these are women who come from rich families and they had all this money that they could have access to and pursue other careers, quote unquote, but they chose this way. No, they often come from poor backgrounds. When you look at Holly Madison, when you look at Kendra, when you look at the other dolls, other um, bunnies that have gone through the mansion, that's a consistent theme. A consistent theme is that they did not come from money. They are not moneyed women, which means that they must have a level of cognitive dissonance in that scenario because they're doing things that they wouldn't do if they had money and they're doing it and they have to put a smile on their faces they have to be photographed being shown to enjoy these these things even though most people would say that it's it's pretty gross to have sex with somebody who's like 50 years your senior for many many different reasons i mean obviously some people find older people attractive but it's very unlikely that a 19 year old or 21 year old as kendra was when she was with hugh hefner would find somebody in their 70s attractive no so again i think the reason why they're coy is not just because they didn't not just because they are economically coerced into being in these dynamics with these men, as Cassie probably was with um, P. Diddy. It's also because they understand that most people, when they think of sugar babying, probably think of it as prostitution. And don't think the link is immediate. So I don't think you immediately think sugar babying is prostitution. But if you pause and think for a second, you'll soon realize that it really is just prostitution. So when you see, when you see an older man you see a man in his 60s and he has at his side a 25 year old woman or a 22 year old woman and they're clearly in a relationship with them most people will think oh 
they're together because he has money and she's giving him sex, you know, and that's what sex work is. Basically, it's exchanging your body for money. And I'm not saying all of this to be disparaging of people who have to do sex work to survive. It's it's really not that. It's more we have to look at it through that lens because when we look at it through that lens, it makes one Cassie's allegations just so much easier to accept. But also it makes us understand why somebody like P. Diddy, who has a sugar baby, who is paying to basically fulfill his six sexual fantasies, is never going to be the same person who's going to empower her. He's not going to be the same person who tries to help her career, who tries to put her in front of powerful decision makers who can who can help her in, in her music career. There's very few examples in which a John, quote unquote, helps a, a sex worker. You know, Pretty Woman is just a film. And the reason why, you know, it probably was a very big film is because it was something that we know is pure fantasy that never happens, you know. So going back to Cassie and P. Diddy, you know, it's obviously clear that he chose her at her young age because he wanted to extract sex from her and he wanted to extract a kind of sex that a, a mature woman an older woman with agency would never be willing to give and that of course through that lens he was never going to help her become free of him because him being able to get what he wanted from her would always rely on her never being able to break free from him and that's the root cause or the root reason why being a sugar baby is never going to be something that is sustainable in the long term or ever going to really give the women the financial independence that they seek because the men that they're with are not naive like they are. They they know that the women are with them for their money, you know? So when a 60-year-old man is with a 22-year-old woman, sometimes there is the sense that the woman is almost gleeful in her in her manipulation of him she believes she's manipulating him she believes that she has what he wants which is sex and a young body and she believes that as long as she as long as she continues to dangle this in front of him he will give her money so she in a sense sees herself as the predator in that relationship and he is the prey he's the sucker that basically falls into her manipulation and gives her what she wants when she grows older when time has passed and she has realized that she cannot stay in that relationship because of all the various costs attached to it which I will talk about she will she will realize that actually all that time when she thought that she was the predator and he was the sucker or he was the prey no it was always the other way around actually she was always the prey and in Cassie's example in Cassie's situation for the people online who say that Cassie stayed for the money that Cassie was with him all along because she hoped to extract resources from him. She hoped to get him to help with her career. Even if a 19-year-old, young, naive person believed that, obviously that was not what was actually happening. What was actually happening was that he was the predator who specifically saw a young girl who had hopes and dreams and aspirations, who was looking at him to help her. And he realized that he would be able to exploit that to get things from her that he couldn't get from from a woman who is financially independent, who has choices and who has agency. Now, what I'd like to talk about in the final segment is I'd like to talk about the long term consequences to being a sugar baby and in trading sex for money in general. Now, in the short term. When you are having sex with somebody you don't want, and it has to be said that it's probably unlikely that Cassie at 19 would have found P. Diddy sexually attractive for the very simple reason that 19-year-olds 
even view like 25 year old people as old. I've got an I've got a 21 year old brother who literally thinks that 30 is so old, thinks like 30 is like retirement age. So for most young people, most people who are 19 years old, a 37 year old is literally their father's age or clo- or close to their father's age. So it's very unlikely that when they're engaging in sex with them, that it's going to be a pleasurable experience for them because they have to stifle a level of repugnance that they're going to have towards that person. And when you are forced to give your body to somebody you find sexually undesirable or in the extreme sense, sexually disgusting, of course, that's going to chip away at you little by little because each time you engage in sex with them, not only is it an unpleasant experience to say the least, it's also going to be a situation in which you literally have to bring your mind elsewhere. You have to disassociate from your physical self in order to endure that physical moment. So in most circumstances, I'm sorry to say, it's not as though men really need the participation of women to still get off. You know, they can get off regardless. So it's not as though these women have to demonstrate too much enthusiasm for the men to get off because sometimes, and this is disgusting, sometimes they like the fact that they can get the women to do what they want to do, whether the woman wants to do those things or not. So a woman who is not 100% enthusiastic or 100% keen or jumping for joy isn't necessarily going to put them off. The psychological cost to that woman though is going to be pretty high because ultimately what's happening with each encounter is that a woman is being forced to give away a piece of herself that she in other circumstances where she, where she had money, she had alternative sources to money and power, wouldn't be putting herself in that situation in the first place. So each time she, each encounter, each sexual encounter is going to rob her of a sense of control and a sense of agency that is difficult to get back. And it also isn't just the fact that she is being coerced or manipulated into engaging in in activities that she doesn't want to do. It's also the nature of the activities that sometimes are left out. So when somebody can have their pick of the litter, so they can have access to any type of woman, they can pick women at concerts, they can walk down the street and say, hey, you come with me, and a lot of women will acquiesce. When they are specifically willing to exchange money when they could get it for free, it's not because they're looking for typical or normal type of sex they're looking for a type of sex that is going to be the type of sex that you pay for and without going too much into into graphic detail we can look at what cassie herself said in her legal documents she said that one of the biggest kinks that p diddy has was watching her have sex with sex workers how he would record her with these men doing unspeakable things and that makes sense because why else would he be willing to pay for her apartment presumably help her family out pay for holidays pay for her clothes pay for her outings pay for her trips if she wasn't giving him something that is difficult to come by and that otherwise people have to pay for you know and this is kind of a common theme as well when you listen to other sugar baby talk other sugar babies talking about their experiences sugar babying so they'll often as i said be very coy but when you do come across women who are transparent about what actually goes on what they will often say is that that money is is quick money but it's not easy money because if men who have money can have access to any number of girlfriends they could be in 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 regular relationships with people where they can have access to sex then obviously what they are paying these sugar babies for is things that the average woman is not willing to 
to do or the kinds of things that the average woman would find disgusting to say the least. So what they'll say when they are being transparent is that often it's very specific kinds of fetishes that these men are after. So in in P. Diddy's case, it's sort of like cuckolding or it's voyeurism, it's group sex, it's to a certain extent non-consent as well because he must know that she doesn't want to engage in this kind of activity and for him for him to have to ply her with alcohol and opiates and all kinds of drugs it obviously speaks to the fact that he knows that she's not a willing participant or participant rather so it's not just that you have to have sex with somebody you don't find sexually attractive it's not just that you're having sex with somebody when you don't necessarily want to have sex it's whenever they want to have sex it's also the kinds of sex that you have to have you have to have with this person or perform to this person that's going to chip at your psychological well-being and 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 chip at your self-confidence as time goes by secondly as time goes by so let's say the women find themselves you know away from this person they've realized that actually it's unsatisfying and unsustainable for any number of ways they're always going to have the memories of what's happened to them because don't forget that what's happening is actually a dull form of extreme traumatic experiences that are happening to them so we don't think of it as traumatic in the sense that the person the person is not resisting at that time but having to submit your body to be to somebody for them to use your body in a way that you otherwise would not allow them to use is a traumatic experience it's a psychologically and physically traumatic experience so it's unlikely that these women after time as even after they leave the relationships are going to be able to forget these things because they are likely going to be etched into their minds this is going to mean that it's going to fundamentally change how they view sex one it's also going to change how they view men in general it's likely that they're going to be jaded or be mistrustful of men and they're also going to view relationships and interpret the dynamics within relationships differently to somebody who's never had those negative experiences in the first place so they might have issues with setting proper boundaries. They might not understand that certain sexual acts they don't have to perform if they don't want to. They might not be they might not feel as though they are worth or they are able, shall I say, to say no because if previous partners know that for example, Cassie did all these wild wild things with P. with P Diddy for P Diddy, then it's likely that they might seek to extract more things or things on a similar wavelength or that Cassie might feel unable to say no to these things given what they know about her sexual past although in this case obviously Cassie's married so this probably doesn't apply but to the other women who talk about their experiences openly to future partners or whose future partners know that they were in these kinds of dynamics it's likely that they might be attracted to these women because of what they hope to extract from them sexually as well now, progressive leftists, who you know I also identify as, will often argue that the face of prostitution and how people view prostitution has changed, that they see it with less stigma, that many more people are willing to engage in sex work openly, that some of that tarnish or some of that stain that used to come with engaging or, or performing or having to work in the sex industry is gone. 
that's not actually true though because most people don't look at sex work favorably there's still very much a huge stigma on engaging in sex work most people who are sex workers or have done sex work or have had to engage in sex work often will not say it on their cv because they understand that socially there's a real cost in being associated as even potentially having done something That's why, for example, former porn stars find it very difficult to have relationships with people later on because the people they're with are ashamed to be associated with these former sex workers or porn stars. It's also why their children often suffer because the children become, you know, subject to taunting from their peers because they know that their parents engage in in sex work or porn work. And the truth is also the truth is also the people who engage in sugar babying or, or who in their younger years were sugar babies also carry this stigma. This stigma also leaves a mark on them. It affects how people perceive them in the future. It affects what kinds of relationships they can be in. It also affects the expectation of their future partners of what they can get from these women later on as it, as it pertains to sex. And beyond that, the women themselves are impacted by how it forever makes them feel. So even in Cassie's court documents, she talks about how to this day she struggles with alcohol and and drug abuse because she's still left with that psychological scarring that she self-medicates for. And that's very much the experiences of other women who have had to engage in this activity because long after those situations are gone, like I said, those memories are still there. And it also means that in order for them to cope with the with the looks that they get or the impression of the looks that they get from people when they realize that's what they used to do, they need to basically find a way to numb those feelings of shame that can come to the surface and also numb the sense of self-loathing and the sense of regret that can come from having engage in activity that you didn't want to engage and you only really went into because you needed the money or you thought that somebody would be able to help you financially or that they would be able to help you gain financial independence but the biggest the biggest cost to sugar babying is that it actually robs you of your self-belief as time goes by because presumably as Cassie saw her career initially slow down then stall then die she must have started to believe that her only way to fame her only way to success her only way to having access to money and power was through P. Diddy and what that must do is that it must chip away at your own identity and your own sense of being able to achieve the things that you want to achieve because you strive to achieve those things as opposed to because somebody made you do things you didn't necessarily want to do in order for them to give you crumbs off their table and ultimately she's never going to get that decade plus that she spent by his side as essentially his his live-in sex doll back because those 10 years are years that she probably sees as wasted because at the end of the 10 years, it's not as though she had financial independence. It's not as though he had helped her with her career. It's not as though she could even look at the self-sacrifices that she made and say that even though I didn't want to do these things or I didn't want to be in that kind of dynamic that I at the very least have something to show for it. At the end at the end of that 10-year period, she had nothing to show for it, which is very much the experience of other regular women who engage in sugar babying. And I think that's probably there's probably much less regret that one feels when they have spent a decade trying to 
make their life what they want it to be. So I would imagine spending 10 years struggling to make it as a musical artist, try putting yourself out there, putting your music out there, trying to do collabs with people, having shows, having those shows fail and you striving, striving again over and over again. Even if at the 10 year period she had engaged in all those in all that all that attempt at making her career go off the ground and it had failed, presumably there is still a self-confidence from knowing that you gave something your absolute best, that you really bled for something, you strive to make your dream come true so that even if it doesn't come true, you can rest in the knowledge that you tried your very best. I think the biggest regret comes from, probably from knowing that time has gone past that you haven't done anything to move towards your goal and that that regret is probably made even more painful when you're in a relationship that slowly over time makes you feel as though the only thing you have to offer to the world is being somebody's public side piece or being somebody's public pet or being somebody's public sex doll which is what women who end up in sugar babying dynamics are or at the very least even if it isn't truly what they are it's definitely what the world perceives them as being and as time goes by it's what they grow to view themselves as so the counterfactual is always much more empowering you know better to struggle and fail than to have the scars of this person that they've left on you and to look back at your life and think I spent it in the shadows of somebody who not only exploited me but never wished me well in the first place when I could have been struggling to make my own aspirations come true and use my own agency to try and make my dreams come true. And sadly, in all sugar babying dynamics, that is always the end effect. That is always the net effect. The net effect is that the men that they were with at the end of their time together still have the money that they had. They were able to get what they wanted from the women. It's the women who end up with the short straw because they are left with the scars that these men have left on them. And they have also wasted their time with somebody who promised them probably financial independence, probably promise them financial freedom probably promise them to help them with their careers but ultimately because they were more mature because they were able to exploit the young person and use what they knew and their life experiences against that young person they knew all along that was never going to be what that young person gets so the end result is that when these women think that they are the person who is controlling the puppet strings that they are controlling the men it's really truly never that way and this is this is kind of what we see in the Cassie and P. Diddy example when all is said and done P. Diddy is still P. Diddy he still has his millions the only person who has really suffered in this is Cassie who is left with all the scars from the harm that he has caused her and also the lost opportunity of 10 years where her music was stifled because she was waiting for somebody to make her dreams come true that never had the intention of doing so or never had any intention of truly helping her because he never intended to leave her feeling empowered. You know, he went in there, he targeted her for her youth, for her naivete, for her lack of experience because he wished to exploit that and that's what happened. So that wraps up today's episode. I would love to hear your thoughts on on the Cassie allegations and, you know, if you've had a chance to read through the court documents, what you thought, 
on sort of what you thought P. Diddy's intention was when he initially got with Cassie and if it was inherently always going to be sinister. Also, if you've had any experience of sugar babying, I would love to hear about that. You can reach me by email. My email address is offlinethoughts.podcast at gmail.com. The email is also in the episode notes. And until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the episode, I would love it if you left me a five-star review and possibly shared the episode with a friend. Thank you so much and catch you on the next one.